We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. Blake, I'm excited to dive into these picks. You you uh you finally made a decision on the Ohio State Penn State game. I, was, I, I really thought that you were gonna drag this thing out and then text me two minutes before the game or at halftime and try and change your pick, but you made a decision. I'm proud of you. Thanks. I mean, no, I was gonna make a pick today. I just I know, I know, I'm just giving you a hard time. I, I just, you know, look, man, I um so here's what I kept thinking all week. You ready? Mm-hmm. We did a Louisville preview in the in the non-playing portion of the season. And when I talked about Louisville, I was glowing about them. And then when they played Notre Dame, I cowered it out like a chicken. Okay. And I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not doing that to myself again. I was high on Penn State. I'm going to remain high on Penn State. And Drew Aller is going to lead me to a victory. But ask me my confidence level on that. Well, what is your confidence level? I bet it's like a 50. Negative 7%. Oh, that's lame. So why are you making the pick then? Why, if you're not because confident in it? Because I don't think that I do. Th- here, well, so look, we got a lot to break down. We probably, yeah. probably should save this for the picks. I think Manny Diaz gets Kyle McCord on the ground multiple times. I think they get three or four That's sacks. Fair. He's not able to overcome it. And I do think that – I just believe that – I just think that it's going to happen. Now, again, I have no confidence in that. Like, it's just a gut feeling. And look, if I'm wrong – Butcher me in the comments. You do it anyway. <laughs> you know, like they butcher right. me in the comments anyway. So it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to, my head tells me go with Ohio State, but my gut is telling me to go with Penn State. And so last week, and, and really the last three weeks, and look, I, I was down. You were beating me in these pickums. I'm going with my gut, and it's it's steered me pretty well. Yeah, you've cheated your way. To the top. No, I'll give you credit. You, you've taken a nice little lead, but I think that this week we've got enough pick em type games where they can go either way. We've got enough differing picks that I'm going to definitely catch up to you this week. I, I know it's coming. We'll see, man. We'll see. But we do have some games that we have to break down. Utah and USC. Now, look, a lot of people are down on USC after what happened against Notre Dame last week. But Utah can't score. Now, you remember my Oregon State prediction that came to pass. I think that could come to pass again And what I'm going to say here today about USC and Utah. Yeah, the offensive production for Utah is definitely concerning. They have – oh, my God. It's just – if they had Cam Rising, and I, I, I don't know if he's coming back. You know, I don't know if there is – some sudden availability for Cam Rising to return. But if they had Cam Rising, I think it'd be a no-brainer pick to say that Utah is going to win this game. But because of the offensive issues that they've dealt with, it's it's a problem. Right now, It's it's been Bryson Barnes the last game. I guess that he's going to be the starter for this one. Who knows if they don't end up trotting Nate Johnson out there for some snaps. But that game could have gone so differently if Cam Rising was available. I don't think Cam Rising can save them, really. Really? No, I, I, I think his impact's pretty significant. Why do you think that? Well, we've seen the difference in the offensive output that they had last year compared to this year. They 
I mean, they didn't even score more than 31 points against Weber State, an FCS team. Last year, they had plenty of games where they were in the high 30s, 40s, because they were able to be able to run the ball, throw the ball, do multiple things. Now it's just run the rock and hope you pick up a first down on a third and long occasionally. Uh, Elk says, Blake, how will Penn State win if they can't throw it deep? Who says they got to throw it deep? Because you I mean, are- that, that is an important part of the, that game. Sure. Okay. But you know who didn't? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And I think Penn State offensively is better than Notre Dame. Or not. That See, that's where we disagree. I really don't better, think. They are better than Notre Dame. They've got one better running back, and that's it. they got two it. better running backs. They're better as a unit. Their front, they're, Joe, you can't put, they're better than you. You know they why they have, better? okay. One better I'm offensive thinking. lineman, Olufashanu, Joe Walt are both going to be top 10 picks. And then I the don't think Walt's better than him right now. I agree to disagree. Reference, in reference to Cam Rising, they have so many deficiencies. Joe, they had, they've had, they had, I told you this in our, in our preview for them in the offseason. They had some injuries along that offensive line, okay? And the backups they have are true freshmen. Yeah. Well, the one true freshman that Utah has in um, is pretty good. I forgot, I'm blanking on his name, but they have some talent. But as you're talking about, it's it's not a very good O-line that they're dealing with. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Clemson and Miami. This game, Joe, is a battle of two teams that I think are somewhat kind of really similar. They turn the football over too much. So we'll talk about them, and then we'll give our picks. So, Joe, let's do this. I got to step away for two seconds. Joe, can you, uh, when we get back from the break, can you start the Utah-USC talk, and then I'm going to be right back. I got to take this stupid phone call. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Before we do that, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share all of those social media groups. Share all of those social media pages. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. You're watching us on YouTube. Like, subscribe, notification bell. If you're watching on Fubo, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Don't go anywhere. Joe's going to lead it off. I'm coming in. We gotta, we're going to talk some USC-Utah. Next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Well, I don't have Blake's sounder, the Texas sounder, but talking about Utah versus USC, that game is going to be kicking off 8 o'clock Eastern time this Saturday. This game is really important for both these teams because they're both fighting to remain relevant with one loss. There's still that possibility as we've talked about so far this season, for either one of these programs to maybe be in that college football playoff contention. Utah especially, hoping that eventually they get Cam Rising back to some capacity, that they can get a little bit of momentum at the end of the season. And the way that you start building that is against a USC team that thus far has been 
incredibly overrated. We talked about how they were exposed against Notre Dame. And one of the things that I'm really hung up on and I really want to dive into when Blake gets back here, I'm really focused on how USC opens up this football game, how they respond the way that they played against Notre Dame. They were embarrassed. They were exposed. They were slapped around. And we all saw that game. They gave up. They completely gave up about midway through the third quarter. And I mean, heck, you could even argue after Caleb Williams threw that third interception before halftime, it looked like he wasn't even giving a full effort when he came out for the second half. I am getting this this feeling from this USC team. I don't know about anybody else, but I've gotten this feeling from this USC team that they don't come together as a cohesive unit, that they are not a come together through adversity, battle through it like a unit, like a group. They showed that they don't have those chops in them. So how do you pick yourself up off the mat? Now, Blake had said to me before we started taping, what is a really good point, that Lincoln Riley, in his time as a head coach, is not the type of guy that is going to get embarrassed two weeks in a row. I don't think this is necessarily an embarrassment second game, but for the way that they caved, the way that they gave up as easily as they did, I am very, very concerned for how they match up with Utah. One thing that really makes me lean Utah in this one, I'm actually going to end up picking Utah. One of the reasons why I lean Utah is because we can see roster similarities. We can see stylistic similarities between Utah and Notre Dame. And what helped Notre Dame succeed this past week is aggressive attacking defense, going 100 miles an hour, flying all over the field, getting in Caleb Williams' face, and turning the football over. Utah's defense this year is one of the best teams in terms of turning the ball over, disrupting quarterbacks. There hasn't been a single quarterback this season against Utah that has had a good game. Like I was just talking about how I really think that this Utah roster, this Utah team, is built very similarly to the way that Notre Dame is. And if anything, I would argue, I think that this Utah defense is better. Well, first off, yes, we're back. I, I, I mentioned that out of the break. I'm like, I don't have the sounder. Uh, I was listening to you. Sorry, I just a phone call. You're good. Uh, but I was listening to you. But continue your your point here. Look, my main takeaway, as I, as I was just saying, Utah is built very similar similarly to Notre Dame. They are possibly an even better coached unit. They turn the ball over really effectively. They get in the face of quarterbacks. And USC straight up gave up last week. That's why I'm picking Utah. LSU looked like they gave up against Florida State and then responded. Uh, that's a different That's a different Alabama kind of game. Alabama in the though. fourth quarter against Texas looked like they gave up and they responded. I don't think that those are created equally, though. I don't think that there is a very different Sure, total. but – okay. I always – a team, a ranked team, a good team, a well-recruited team, a well-coached team, at least offensively. Mm -hmm. I always like when a team, not like, I think that's a bad word, but I always lean towards picking the team that goes on the road, gets embarrassed, and then goes back home the following week. Right? Mm -hmm. Because here's one, th so there's one thing about Lincoln Riley that 
When I look at this game, Joe, for me, okay, where I just don't know, all right, if they never really have consistently back-to-back bad games, Caleb Williams is not going to throw three picks in the first half again. No. It's it's not going to happen. When you turn the ball over in your own side of the field and you give Notre Dame, they turn the ball over five times. They're not going to do that, okay? Now, can they pick off Caleb Williams? Can some things happen? Can they create fumbles? Okay, sure, yeah, maybe, but not that much. Here's the, It's not USC that I'm worried about, Joe, because I think USC can score 28, 35, 38 points. They did it against that defense that was better, in my opinion, last year. Okay, last year's defense, I think, is even better than the one that they have here. They're the ninth total defense in the country. Joe, they are 115th in offense. Utah is. Yeah. They cannot, they're not going to score enough. It's the same when they face a really good opponent in Oregon State. And quite honestly, it's the reason why Florida hung around. Graham Mertz's first game at Florida, they hung around because Utah did not have the ability to put them away. We walked away from that game, Joe, saying to ourselves, all right, well, you know what? Florida might be okay defensively. Like, Florida's not not as bad as we thought that they would be. They didn't win, but they're not as bad as we thought they'd be. Utah's not going to score enough. Okay, here's the thing, though, and yes, I'm I'm well aware that offensively they have been inept, but I also look at who they've gone up against, you know? And I made a comment that they only scored 31 against Weber State let's put that out of the conversation for a second because it's an FCS opponent, but they played should UCLA. We, should we, because it's only 31. Yes. It's concern. It's definitely concerning, but for them to go up against UCLA and struggle offensively and still win and to struggle offensively against Oregon state, who has a decent defense, not an elite defense, but a good defense. Yeah. But I just say more right now as a freshman, it's not Caleb Williams. That's a junior. Understandable. I totally understand. My What I'm getting at here is that this might be the worst defense that they've faced, probably close to the Cal defense. This defense for USC stinks. And USC's defense last week wasn't even really tested. It gave up a lot of points, didn't give up a lot of yards because Notre Dame didn't have to drive the length of the field for most of their drives because they were just given the ball in plus territory. And also there was a kick return touchdown. So I think that that defense were kind of Maybe giving them a little bit of a pass because they weren't as bad last week in terms of yardage. If there's a game for your offense to maybe get a little bit of juice with a backup quarterback, it's this USC defense. If that Arizona freshman quarterback could do what he did, I think that Bryson Barnes could not throw for 300-something yards and four touchdowns, but do some good things to put them in a position to win yeah, the game. Arizona, Arizona as a unit is all around better than Utah is offensively. That's vastly, though. Yes, they are. Joe, they can't run the football. The, the reason that they have rushing yards, Joe, they're 115th in the country. Yeah. I'm offensively yeah. and total offense. Mm-hmm. You know how the only reason why they're running the football effectively let me. You want me to give you a guess? It's the the backup quarterback Johnson. I think yes, Nate Johnson, who started some games. He started okay. the Oregon State game. And look what happened there. I, look, I am not saying okay. 
I am not saying that USC is not going to give up points. I'm not saying this defense is any good. They're not. But you know what they're not? You know, you, they're not as inept as Utah offensively. They're just – and I don't think Utah can keep up with Caleb. And I think Caleb's going to want to come out and prove a prove a point. I th- Look, we – and look, this is crazy because I got to. I'm the one instead of you coming out here defending Caleb Williams. This is insane. It is insane. Like, no wonder that there was an eclipse over the weekend. I, I, I might not like some of his antics. I'm also not stupid enough to pick against him in back to back weeks when he's on his way home. I'm not going to do. There's no way I'm going to do that because I think that they got to find. Now look. Here's one thing that concerns me about USC and where I think you could be right and they and Utah wins. Mm-hmm. That defensive front versus this offensive line is could be a bloodbath. I was just about to but bring I, that up. I, I do think that Lincoln is going to find ways to get ball the ball out quicker so that Caleb's not all over the place. And look, they got to find a running game. They're going to have to try to find a running game. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Hold my beer, Rafino. I'll hold anybody's beer. Pause. But I'm going to drink it. You're bringing up the offensive line thing. That I think is really critical for this conversation. Because Very critical. Utah is fifth in team sacks. They're 10th in team tackles for loss. And you know what? Those numbers are not inflated. They have played some very good football teams. Not elite football teams, but some quality teams. Conversely, USC has had one good opponent so far this year, and their offensive line has looked better than it actually is. We were exposed. What do you call Colorado? You, would you call Colorado a good team? A mid team. They're very mid. They're, that is the most I will give to them. They're competitive. They should win more than they will. I wouldn't give them, I wouldn't put them in that good category after what they did last week, but. Fair. My point is here is that if this happens where that Utah front gets home, gets pressures, gets in Caleb Williams' face and play good contain, and they're, again, a very, very well-coached unit, technically sound unit, that's what led to the mistakes against Notre Dame and the picks. He, didn't, so he couldn't roll around. points in the last three weeks. Their offense, let me just say this again now. Their mm-hmm. offense has scored 28 points in the last three weeks. Against Cal, they scored um, – excuse me. That's my fault. They scored 34 against Cal. I wrote down 14 in my notes. It's not 14. Okay. So 34 and 7, that, that's on me. They still are not scoring enough. I can look up and see, okay, you won 20 to 13 against Baylor. You only got one offensive touchdown against UCLA. You only scored once against Oregon State. Cal sucks. We saw that Joe Auburn beat Cal, okay? The box score, when I look at that Cal game and I look at the team like team or individual stats, okay, Bryson Barnes went 15-23, to 23, didn't throw a touchdown. They had to run the ball for 159 yards. They had had two guys damn near run for 100 yards. Now, can they do that against USC? Absolutely. But what is the biggest difference here? Are, are you – let me ask you this question, Joe. Yeah. A team that has not, okay, all year long been anywhere capable, but 24 points, 20 points, 31 points against Weber State, four, or seven points against UCLA, seven points against Oregon State, 34 against Cal, I will give you. Are, are you sure that they can keep up with Caleb? 
Are, are you a thousand percent sure that if this game got into the thirties, that they can keep up with him? Because I don't think that they, I don't think that they can. If it does get up to that high scoring, if it's in the thirties in the in the fourth fourth quarter, yeah, I don't disagree. I think that that's a really difficult task. But what we learned last week is that you don't necessarily have to keep up with him. There has been an exposure, as we phrased it last last show that we did a couple shows ago, that there is now an exposure of how to stop Cam or Caleb Williams. There is now a formula to doing it. So you got to find a way to slow him down. True, but. A lot of the turnovers he had are self-inflicted wounds. I think you can make the arguments a little bit deeper than that because he so wasn't he threw in the triple coverage. That's a self-inflicted wound. Yes, because he wasn't enabled to do what he's done all season long, which is run around in circles and then find somebody after things open up. That okay, stuff wasn't good, opening you're up. You're saying that because it's Notre Dame, but if Rudy Putek, if he would have thrown, thrown in a triple coverage against Rudy Putek, you would come out here and say, well, you know what? He, you know, he threw in a triple coverage. Like he just had, why can't a dude have an off night? He's, he, I, I promise wait, 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 you. He can, Listen, but there's also a lot of credit has been given of, to Al Golden for his defensive performance. I got a bottle of well, – first off, Al Golden needs to take a guy dang suit off. Okay? okay. Second off, I got a bottle of Blanton's that says he doesn't throw three picks again this week. Okay, that's – I'm not going to take that bet, but you get one turnover, one fumble. The, he, my point is one here is that – fumble's not going to stop him this, this week. I'm telling you. This Utah defense is better than the Notre Dame one. And if you have now on film how a good defensive front disrupted him into throwing three picks, your defensive front is going to do the same thing. Or at least should get close to that production. It's not like they're going up against Washington. I think there'd be a different discussion here. If Utah had Washington's defense, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation. But this is an elite defense. This is one of the best defenses in the country you know what they're not going to be able to run the ball at all Utah is the best run defense in the country I agree with my man here he what says, uh, oh say go Irish I was gonna say what team do you like because I'm sure we'll end up pissing you off but no I don't care he can say go he, Irish if he's gonna keep pushing us up like this but all what I'm saying is you're probably gonna find a way to make because <laughs> he says He's saying go go Irish. You're probably going to find him to make him upset. If somebody <laughs> promote our show, I don't give two. It, you know, there's only two things he can say on the show, and I can't even say them. I, I they both, I, you know, so still appreciate the love though. Yeah, I love. I'm, I'm joking. We I'm just we seemingly once a week. There's a different. I don't yeah, know I mean, who John Kennedy is. Who's John Kennedy? He's the always Irish dipshit. The the you oh the one that tweeted. sounds like the pirate from Aladdin. Yeah, the guy that you quote the, the parrot. Yeah, that guy sucks. Well, then why does like he him. want me to bring him on? He said uh, drunk Vigo says he won't subscribe until then. He wants to. He wants you to go on the show with him because I think I don't know. I think I'm going to invite me. I'll go on there with him. Yeah, I'll we're not going to. I mean, he's got to back off. I mean, look. Side note. Uh-huh. Just side note. You can talk about LSU all you want. But when your team's getting beat, you can't be talking shit about your former head coach when you're getting your shit kicked in. Yeah, I, I went on the show and I said that. We, we can't be talking. You can't, when... you can't do that. You can't do that. Um, One final thought on this game, as our yep. good buddy Josh Pape would go, paper popper, or whatever he says. Um, 
Third down conversion rate. This is an this is interesting to me. You know what else I think could give USC a lot of um Joe. I don't want to say extra fuel, but more chances at all this. Mm-hmm. US, I mean, Utah is one of the worst teams in the country on third down conversions. Offensively. Okay? Offensively. Okay. All right. How many times is that offense potentially could go three and out? And you and USC gets the ball back because it's not as if the teams are just flat out stopping them. They can't hit open passes sometimes. It's what happened against Oregon State. Yeah. Just a thought on this. Paper popper, Josh. Okay, I don't know what he calls it. But nevertheless. It's paper pop. Paper pop. Okay, desk pop. The other guys. You ever seen the other guys? I have seen the other guys. Good movie. Hey, 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 when was the the last time you did a desk pop? Uh, Fall of 07. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Miami and Clemson. Joe, this is an interesting one to me because I do think that these teams – I don't, I'm not going to say they're identical, but both have the same records, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. I didn't look at the record. But statistically is what I mean. They are a lot of alike. Total they do offense, both have two losses, though. They do both they, have two yeah, losses. they do both have two losses. <sighs> Miami is seventh in the country offensively in total offense. Did you know that? I did. 14th passing offense, ninth. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, ninth rushing defense. But, yes, they're one of the top teams offensively. Do you know – that if they eliminated just half of their turnovers, they could be number one? Yeah, I believe that. I know that you talk about Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, wait, be more specific if they could limit Tyler Van Dyke's turnovers. Well, it's not just him. It's usually him. He's the typical It's usually him. Did you know if this continued, there would be a team never in the top ten of total offense with as many turnovers as Miami? Clemson, on the other hand, dude, their defense, top five in the country, offense 37, but you know what else is a problem for them? Turnovers. Mm. How many – what is the over-under in this game of how many te- how many times this team is going to turn the football over? You mean both of them? Just general them. overall? I, there could be I, at I least go over-under three and a half. I think go over. as far as four. Four yeah. or five. Uh, listen, Dabo. By the way, did you hear Dabo's comments this week about? Do you want yeah, to talk I, that really quickly? I, I quote tweeted that, and I'm so sick of the guy, man. That that is the most loser. I'm tired of the heat mentality. When you set the precedent for winning and being a good coach, God forbid that your fans are upset that you've lost two football games by September. It's it's ridiculous, man. The guy makes so many excuses. Him and Shane Beamer this week. That's why I don't like either of them. Stop making excuses. Own up to your deficiencies and become a better football team. It's not that freaking hard. Well, look, he's got a decision he's got to make. He's going to have to start going into the, into the portal. I doubt he does. He's so stubborn. He is. He is a little too stubborn. A little too. He's going to have to go there. But, Joe, you know what? I'm picking him this week. I, I, I'm taking Clemson. I'm taking Clemson. I do think that they are the overall better team right now. Okay? Defensively, they are they are as good as their, as good as their comes. 
I do think that they have found a little something offensively in this running game. I think their receivers have played a lot better than what we anticipated, or you, at least, you know, well, definitely more than I anticipated. I think you too, you thought that their receivers were not going to play well. They're 37th in, in total offense. Both teams turn the ball over. I'm just going to lean Dambo here. I think they run the ball at a more effective rate. I saw what UNC was able to do, but I don't trust this game either, and I don't trust Clemson because they have made the most boneheaded decisions that I've seen in quite some time. They put it on a good Syracuse team. Miami, their best win under Cristobal is against a very failing A&M team. Mm-hmm. So how good are they? We'll have to wait and see. I think you're leaning Miami on this one, correct? Yeah, my going a complete opposite direction is you. Uh, I mean, you even hit on it. You even brought up they have dabbled every opportunity that they've had to win a football game. You have an opportunity after Miami has had a two-game slide. And I, I think it would make sense to sit here and say Mario Cristobal – not the best in-game coach as we've given him some criticism that a two-game slide could turn into three against a good Clemson team. But in a shocking turn of events, I'm leaning Miami. Miami fans, I don't hate you. I just hate Clemson more. My thoughts here, though, specifically. Clemson is 121st in yards per reception. They are one of the least explosive teams in the country. But they you know, do not. You know what else is that? It, it, can, can I tell you? They yeah. are one of the last in, in, in yak yardage. Yes. It's not yes. that they're not catching the ball. They don't get any yards after the catch is their massive problem. They do not have the athletes to consistently stretch the field to pick up extra yards after the catches you're talking about. That, to me, is very problematic that Miami, I watched them almost come back against North Carolina. Because they can score in a heartbeat. This, to me, reminds me or makes me think of the fact that if Miami goes up by two scores, I said this last week about Washington going up against Oregon, if Miami goes up against, go, goes up a score, score and a half, whatever it is, 10 points, Clemson does not move the ball efficiently or quickly enough to climb back into it. I know that their defense is good, but I have so much pause to bet on a Clemson offense that is so unexplosive not to mention the fact as you've talked about it's going to matter a lot if they can run the ball effectively with will shipley and company but the problem is is they're going up against a run defense for miami that is top 20 in multiple categories ninth in total run defense they were number one last week though they were 19th in team tackles for loss i know that last week was brutal but i think that what helped open up their passing or their running attack is that their passing attack was so difficult to stop that eventually they had to unload the box. That's not going to happen in this game. Box is going to be loaded. Go ahead, Cade. Cade, do whatever you got to do to beat us. Try to run the ball. You're not going to, and we're going to tackle guys as soon as they catch the football. You know Clemson has not lost to Miami in Miami since, like, 1947. Is that really how long that's? Yeah. That's, do, you know wow. that, do you know that Mario Cristobal has not won an ACC game at home? I knew that. I knew that. That's disturbing. I like stuff like that, and it helps me with my picks because I like trends, and I don't think Mario gets over the hump. I don't. Now, if he does, and they do beat Clemson, buddy, we got there's problems going on in South Carolina. 
Okay. Uh, yes. Dabo might be on the hot seat. Like they're not mm-hmm. gonna. And what's so crazy, he's the one that built all this. Yeah. I don't know if Klubnik's the dude. Okay. I, I do wonder how, what, or even what. Um. And look, maybe we just got to give him more time. But look, their performance against Wake Forest last week, although they scored 17 points, I felt like they dominated that whole game because the way they ran the football. But they only won the game 17 to 12. Okay. That's, that's very concerning. It's concerning, but you, you know how, like, if you box score watch a game and you're like, yeah, man, Clemson sucks. And then you talk, pop on the film, you're like, God damn, they're running all over them. Why can't they score? Oh, well, there's the turnover. Or, oh, there's the tackle for loss. And it was, it, you know what, Dabo, I make this joke all the time, but you know who Dabo really is turning into? Less oh, Miles. Man. Run the football. I'm going to control the offense. I'm not going to portal, portal what? This isn't the Avengers. You know, like stuff like that. I, I just, I, I try, Dabo, pray to Jesus, get this win because I do trust Dabo more than Cristobal at this point. That is a really, that is a triggering point here is that. Dabo has dabbled this year a lot. You know, he's, he's bungled but against who, Duke and who Florida do you State. trust more? I know this is like asking, uh, you know, do I do I give a child a knife or a gun? Like, which which do I trust to do the least amount of damage? Basically, I I I don't I can't pick either. I can't. I just lean that if I pull up both of these teams and I look at them, one of them has a little bit more of an offensive advantage over the other. Not much though, because here's another thing: if UNC can get to Tyler Van Dyke and make him turn the ball over, what can this defense do? And you know what else? You know what else? And maybe I'm wrong here. I did see a Clemson team that looked really good against Florida State. And Florida State might be the best team in the country. They almost went toe-to-toe overtime with Florida State. They're not out of this thing completely yet. Now, they need some help in the ACC. They Uh need some help. I, I just don't know, man. If Tyler, if UNC can make him do what he did, what Tyler Van Dyke did, there's nothing telling me that the fifth best, best defense in the country can't do it. Joe, did you know that Miami? Okay, mm-hmm. here's something crazy for you. This is how bad it's starting to unravel for them defensively. They were the number one team in the country last week in total defense. They're number 18 right now. I mean, one That's bad performance. UNC beat that ass. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I now see you're this going is my whole point. Another. Good defense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This, is, this is my whole point with talking about UNC as we've done over the past couple of weeks. I just think that UNC is that good. I think that, that they deserve. That Joe, if they lose their third straight game, then what? I think that, as I've said, I am untrustworthy of Tyler Van Dyke, and I think that that game was telling of that. But I think that the rest of this Miami team is just it, – it's a good team. And a even better UNC team knew how to take advantage of those deficiencies. You brought up the Florida State game for for Clemson and I, when they played. Yes, there's so many positives that they took that team to to overtime. But I just I don't think that the way that they played at home, if they play that similar same way, I don't think that that nets them a victory. I just don't. Because what do they do great right now? I understand that their defensive line has been really good and their <laughs> they secondary played really is good defense. But 
is their defense that much better than their offense? Because Restrepo yeah, and all those, no, those they held receivers State to under forty rushing yards. Yeah, they're good. And you know what? You know what they say. What's the old adage? What, what? travels? Defense. Yeah, defense travels. And you have for months on this show. Try to convince me that Tyler Van Dyke is a dookie water, is dookie stain. Now all of a sudden I'm talking to him. Well, actually, I haven't talked him up. I've You're trying to, to convince team. me to take him in another big profile game. The thing with Florida State, though, that game and how little rushing yards they held them to, right? That, that has more to do with Florida State's interior offensive line issues that we're starting to see. Because statistically, their offensive line no, is No, they're doing it weak. to everybody, though. The only I, team I, that yeah. they had not done that to is Duke. They're shutting everybody down in the run game. So what then convinces me, okay, if you're shutting down everybody, and I mean literally everybody, what? So Florida State, they had to win because Jordan Travis, let's call, just call it what it is, had to go nuclear. He had to go nuclear, and he did yeah. go nuclear, okay? You think Van Dyke's going to do that? Well, we've seen it. He's got it in his bag. And I think I would even point out right now, you're talking about their trash as AM secondary. They're last in the SEC right now. That's true. That's true. But they didn't have any run game in that game, and they still produced through the air. I understand that Clemson secondary is vastly better than Texas AM's. But I think that with how bad Clemson's and weak Clemson's offense is, and how the lack of general production, scoring production that they have had over the course of this season, I am concerned. We're You're just talking about Georgia Tech. I am. We just talked about like how USC <laughs> and Utah can't keep up with them. I can make that same argument with Clemson and, and Miami. Georgia Tech is not as in George. I guarantee you, Georgia Tech does not have the thirty-seven total offense in the country. Clemson's offense is not as bad as you make them out to be. I think that those numbers are inflated. By whom? They played they all played the Syracuse. Teams. They played Syracuse. Let me, I need, let me, and let me Miami at, played Georgia Tech. And those, yes, I understand that. Wait, I want to pull, I'm trying to pull up Clemson's schedule. And. I get that, but those numbers were we're not that deep into the season where there's like we can re- because when they've played no, moderately you're halfway through the year, you're more than halfway when, through the year. When they've played decent opponents, their offense hasn't shown up. But yeah, of course they're gonna That's throw my up. Point. Of course, Miami they only scored. Thir- they only scored thirty-one in Syracuse. Syracuse stinks. They put forty-eight up on on FAU and sixty-six up on Charleston Southern. 17 against Wake Forest, I think, is more realistic of what their offensive output is. Because against Florida State, what do they have against Florida? Florida's a really good, well-coached team. They're not better than Miami. (laughs) You mean you wouldn't take Wake Forest's head coach over Cristobal right now? Oh, I would take Clawson over Cristobal. I think that that he's very underrated. But at the same time, I compare those two rosters. One's much more talented than the other. 24 points against Florida State. The most offensive production that they have had in these games against these good P5 opponents is 31. And none of that production comes no, from receivers. they had more than 30 points on Clemson, didn't they? No, I, I thought it was more. Two, I thought it was in the 40s. It was only 31-14. Against Florida State, they went into overtime. 
24 points, 31-24. Oh, okay. Well, you said 31-17 when scientifically and mathematically. Sorry, 24. I meant to say 24. All right, you want to get to these picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get to these picks. So we've already talked about some of these games, but Oregon and Wazoo, Joe, both of us. Oh, oh, you know what we need to do? You know what we need to do? We need oh. to look at our good friends over at Home Field oh. Apparel. Don't go anywhere. By, by the way, got my, my shirt came in for anyone who wanted to take a look at it. We got some Notre Dame listeners. Pretty pretty dope shirt that they sent sent on over. I got my Rutgers Idaho coming. I see Noter on the top. You know what I'm, Yo, I'm not, I'm not taking my shirt off if that's what you're trying to get me to. No shame. Why would I want you to take your shirt off? You have back I don't know. Hair. I got back <laughs> All hair. right. Yeah. All right. Hit the I mean, do you have back hair? I don't know. I do. but I'm Italian. I get hair in the. Mo- I don't grow it on my face. It's just all on my back. Seriously, it's worst Talking jeans ever. Friends over at Home Field Apparel, we do our picks next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over a hundred and fifty different colleges that you can choose from. Whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan. Whatever it is, even Idaho, they have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. There's a new leader in the Pick'em Clubhouse. Now just re- refresh everybody because you and I remember, but maybe there's new listeners that haven't watched this. Our bet was that we would pay, we would do something nice, like really nice mm-hmm. for the winner. Okay. I got ragged on this show for four weeks, the first month of the year, because yeah, Joe was in the bad league. Bad picks. But daddy has made his way back. Uh, ain't no week this week, Blake. I'm coming back. Every time you say that, I win. So, thank you. Uh, I am currently 30 and 22. Joe is 27 and 25. Don't forget to use that promo code Rafino Joe. This this segment is brought to you by our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Joe, Oregon and Wazoo, you're going away from your Wazoo team. You're picking the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Yeah, I'm not. Dude, if they hadn't just gotten embarrassed. No let down for Oregon this week? No, I don't think so. I think that. That is a team and a coaching staff that rallies. You know, I, I see a really good unit there. And as much as I was in on on Cam Ward and Washington State, man, they have just completely imploded. I, hey, remember when you had him in the top ten and I told you you were an idiot? Shut the hell up. <laughs> stay, no, I'm going to go. Remember when you had him in your top ten. Okay, they looked good, man, and they have completely fallen apart. Idiot. That was a good win That's against Oregon State. I told you they played nobodies. Oregon State's ranked ahead of them. That was their the one big win. The, the whole team had the flu. COVID. Did they actually just make it? I have absolutely no idea. I yeah, just made exactly. it up. Okay. Exactly. We're both going with Oregon. We both agree with that. Joe, I did not pick this next game uh, the other day because I wanted some more time to think about it. I don't. Mm. I didn't like picking this on a two or a Monday, excuse me. 
Bama, Tennessee. I am going with Alabama, and you're going with them balls. This is how I come back. This is how I win, Blake, because you let Nick Saban get to you. You get to the the Alabama fans. You let the the uh, mainstream media. You let them all get to you. You're going with Bama. We talked about it on Monday. I don't trust that offensive line going up against that defensive line. They are going to cook them. Hold on. Hold on. What are you pulling up? When was the last time that uh, Tennessee Who are these trends? Beat... God, I hate when I hate when the they're right, too. That, uh, you know, okay, Bryant, Denny. So, first off, you got to go back to last year when they beat them in Knoxville, 52-49 to 49 in 2022. The last time that they had beaten them was at home in 2006, still not on the road. You have to go all the way back to 2003, Joe, 20 years ago in five overtimes, I might add, the last time that Tennessee beat Alabama in Bryant-Denny, 20 years. It's not going to change this week, okay? It's not going to change this week. I trust Jalen Milrow more than Joe Milton. Oh God! That see, that's where you're gonna lose that that statement alone. Okay, first off, who, you mean to tell me Joe Milton, who by an efficiency, yards, touchdowns, and interception interceptions, is not better than Milrow statistically? You're gonna pick Joe Joe Milton over Milrow? Who's I don't think. Tested? I think they're the same level of bad. They're that not the stati- same exact level. They're statistically, not statistically player. Statistic, I understand that statistically one is better than the other, but they both make similar mistakes. They both turn the ball over and cost their offense points. So I, if if Joe that's going to happen, the better O-line wins. The better O-line wins. I don't disagree with that. Now, I will tell you, and I told you this on Monday, I still, just to preface this, I'm not saying this is a foregone conclusion that Tennessee doesn't win. Like I, I, I Fair. don't Fair. don't act like I'm just coming out here and banging the drum for for Bama because I'm not. But I do think they're more tested. Joe Milton could not get completions on a defense in Texas A&M that has a horrible secondary, absolutely horrible secondary. He couldn't. He was 11 for 22, highly inefficient. I don't know if Tennessee's going to be able to run the ball against Nick Saban in Alabama. And let me tell you why. Because I do think that Saban is going to stack the box and say beat us in man-to-man coverage because we have better quarters, corners than A&M. See, A&M could never come down in the box because their corners yes. are ass cheeks. Bama has the advantage where they got Arnold and Kool-Aid on the outside, and they'll go man-to-man and blitz all night and make sure that Milton, who, by the way, has a road loss this year, to Florida, I might add. Bounce back. Okay. Heisman train starts now for Joe Milton. I'm obviously joking. But your jokes are so bad. Sometimes they're right. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. All right. Finally, finally, 
we get to Ohio State, Penn State. Joe, this is another one. On Monday, I said that I wanted to wait to make my pick on Wednesday, and here we are. Um, Penn State. I do believe it is of my opinion that Manny Diaz draws some things up to get after Kyle McCord to Kyle McCord that changes things. You said in the beginning of the year that Ohio State would be nine and three. I said they'd be ten and two, nine and three ish. I'm going to stay with my pick, and I'm going to still stay with my pick that I think Penn State's a good team, and I think they go in there and kill them death by a thousand cuts. See, my opinion on Penn State has drastically been reshapen by the way that they have played. And I said this on the show, I'm so concerned with the lack of receiver talent, and I just think that if there's a week for at home Ohio State to start building some offensive momentum against a good defense, it's going to be this week. I, I really do think that Ohio State wins this one, as I said on Monday. All right. Well, this is one that you could easily win here, Joe. I'm giving you a I'm giving you yeah, a, give me that layup. A layup. You better go and score. You better not fumble this one. No, don't, 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 don't. Ole Miss do and Auburn, both of us going with the Rebels. Look, Auburn's just not a good football team, man. Yeah. But I almost actually picked Auburn. I was kind of thinking to myself, like, if there is a if there is a Lane Kiffin completely blow it moment, it's to Auburn in week set week eight like that's totally I, I thought that same exact thing but then you knew what ha- you know what happened i remembered that old miss had a bye week oh uh, that's a good that's a good point i that and we both picked old miss anyway so yeah we both picked old miss so it doesn't really matter uh duke and florida state both of us going with the Seminoles. we talked about you utah and usc and miami and clemson on the show what makes you like them Seminoles? Duke has a backup quarterback. I look, I get that Duke's defense is really good and that we saw some nice things um, from them over the stretch of the season, but uh, that I don't know a single DB that's going to cover Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, man. I, that is going to be a tough ass task. They, they got some guys in the D line, but they have uh, just a bunch of guys in that secondary. I'm not worried. Um, I'm going to disagree with you just a little. Just okay. a little. I do, too, believe that Florida State is going to roll. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people are expecting. Because I do think Elko's a good coach. I do think he's going to be able to find a way to get after Jordan Travis, make some chaotic plays defensively. Mm-hmm. I do think that this game could be close quarter, quarter and a half, maybe even through the first half. But as that depth continues to roll in, I think Florida State does overall take them over in depth. 31-14, 38-14 is where I'd have it, okay? I do think Florida State, but I do think it's close early. That's the only thing I'd say because I do I do have a lot of faith in old Elko out there. Uh, South Carolina and Clemson. By the way, when I took my phone, the phone call I had to take earlier in the show, Joe, Mm-hmm. Um, I accidentally kicked a wall, hashtag Shane Beamer, and broke my foot. What do you think about that? Um, I think that you're a spaz and a narcissist for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's well, directed at Shane Beamer. Are, can we talk about <laughs> Shane Beamer breaking his foot for just a second? 
dude, the guy is a psychopath. The guy is such a dork. This is why I don't like South Carolina. And look, I I don't have any problem with South Carolina as a program. South Carolina fans last year got so mad at me for criticizing him. He sucks. He's not a good coach. I have been around coaches like that, that coach like that. I've been in locker rooms with guys like that. And I played at the college level. I didn't play in the SEC, but I played at Division One level. Around guys like that, they're so fucking fake. They're so fake. And I'm not, I'm not wasting the, the guy's overrated. He's so overrated. It does. Let me tell you how, let me tell you how I feel. I said this to you last year, if you remember, because you were so big on this Cocktober thing when we were doing the Saturday great show. Bit. It's a great bit. Um, I do wonder if Shane Beamer would be a head coach if his dad wasn't at Virginia Tech for all those years. I, like, I, I do think about that. But here's the thing for me about the broken foot thing. Dude, you're too emotional, man. Like... No one's, like, rallying around well, that. Well, people are out here defending him, saying... Oh, well, he's, you know, I like that he's, emo I don't care that he's emotional. I don't, it doesn't bother me. It, it doesn't matter if it does or does not bother you. It matters if his kids and those kids are seeing him throwing a temper tantrum because he lost to Florida. The truth is you didn't recruit in the portal enough. Your best players left. You know, they blamed the, the Dean line coach before, he left for LSU. They blamed the DC. They you don't have the dudes. And I will tell you this: as a guy who's been a Spencer Rattler defender on this mm. show, yeah, dude, if they didn't have Spencer Rattler, they might not have won but one or two, one game, maybe. Completely agree. Spencer Rattler, man, oh man, I, I tell you, the kid's playing lights out, man. I don't no like help. Shane Beamer. I, not well. He's got Leggett. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Juice Wells. And well, Juice Wells is hurt. Well, when he's there, yeah. So here's the truth. Okay, I do find myself see myself here in the in reference to Shane Beamer and just saying like, dude, can you just stop for one second? That's all I'm going to say. Both mm -hmm. of us going with Mizzou here, though. Yeah, I don't – I actually almost did the Cocktober bit. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I almost did the bit. Did one of your dogs just walk in the room? Is that why you keep looking at the ground? I feel like I heard No, something. I just work, dude. Work stuff. Okay. Anyway, continue. Right. No, I just – I believe that Missouri maybe hit a little bit of a rough patch, but they're they're regaining some momentum. Missouri, second team in the East right now. Who would have thought? Oh, wait, yeah. me. Okay. Hey, by the way, you want to hear something crazy? Can I, th can I throw a crazy stat at you before we leave? Yes. Quarterbacks that have are currently playing in the SEC or have played in the SEC of the top 20 most efficient passers in the country. Listen to this. Jaden Daniels, Carson Beck, Brady Cook, number three, TJ Finley, number four. That offense does wonders, dude. Crazy. Uh, Tagovailoa at Maryland was at Alabama in year one. I believe that. Graham Mertz, 1,897 yards through the air. JT Daniels. Bo Nix and Spencer Radler. Oh, and by the way, Cars, uh, uh, your boy out there in Oxford, 
Jackson Dart was number 21. He's coming off a bye week. Mm. So 21 of the top 21 quarterbacks, 10 of them either were in the SEC or have been in the SEC, the most efficient passer. Are, are we shocked? Are we shocked by the fact that a lot of talent comes in and out of the SEC? I'm just saying. Maybe it's – just saying. All right. Right. We will see you all again on uh, Sunday. Sunday, uh, we might have to push my little my daughter's birthday Sunday. So, oh, uh, we'll we talk. Will, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. All right. Until then, we probably we will see you Sunday. Just might not, might not be at the same time. All right. See y'all soon. Y'all have a good night. Peace. <laughs>